0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Draw Control Podcast. On today's episode, I am joined by senior on the Framingham State women's lacrosse team, Regan Fine. Uh, Last season, Regan led the team in assist and ranked second on the team in draw controls. Uh, Regan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, and how's everything going?
1: Uh, Happy to be here. Things have been pretty good. We're back at school, back in action, and ready to go for fall ball in the next week.
0: Yeah, how was your summer? Did you do anything interesting, uh, whether it was lacrosse related or not?
1: Uh, I'm a camp counselor over the summer, so I love my kids, uh, as rowdy as they might be. I'm out there. It's my hometown, so back in North Attleboro. But uh, I was a sports camp director, so I got to meet uh, a lot of cool people and work with a lot of cool people. And, of course, I get to see my kids and help teach them different sports, lacrosse being among them. And outside of that, we just did a little summer league and yeah, I was I was looking forward to the school year all summer, I, I should say that.
0: That's good to hear. And obviously, it must be nice to sort of give a different perspective on the game, uh, coaching younger players, because that probably helps you out a lot uh, once you get back to school with fall ball.
1: Absolutely. Yes, of course, especially I do clinics during the winter as well. So it kind of translates and it's nice to be able to like inspire the younger generations to play, because I know when I was little, wasn't as big, but um, hopefully we're building up the program as much as we can.
0: Now, what are you hoping to work on regarding for next season for your training? Uh,
1: Personally, I would like to work on just like my uh, little like finesse abilities inside the crease. I've been more of an outside of the crease shooter. Um, I, I definitely am better with like outside shots, but I need to work on that game of catching in traffic, Um, you know, getting in the middle, being able to dodge through traffic and just kind of like finding that perfect placement shot as opposed to just kind of being targeted as like the outside shooter, it's easy to lock somebody down if they only have that one aspect. So I'm really trying to work on my inside shooting and just finding my way to the goal.
0: Now, obviously you're a senior this year, which is probably crazy for you to think about that's gone by so fast. So uh, have you thought about what type of leadership you wanna bring to the team and would you consider yourself more of a vocal leader or lead by example type of player?
1: I definitely think that any good leader needs a balance of both. personally, I think I am a little bit more of a lead by example type. I can be loud as well. Definitely. You can hear me on the field, no matter where you're standing, but, um, I'm definitely somebody that I know that if I show my level of commitment, that that pushes other people to do the same. So I definitely say more of a lead by example. Um, and I think that's kind of just where we're headed going into this season. It's no longer, uh, you know, somebody holding your hand all the time, but it's, you know, see what you need to do and get it done. And I think that the girls are ready to take that on.
0: Now, when do you guys like officially start practicing as a team? How does that work uh, for you guys in particular?
1: Uh, NCAA actually was very generous this year and they changed the ruling a little bit. So we used to only do, you know, um, like three practices a week. And this year we're up to four practices a week. And that starts next Wednesday. Actually, we uh, take the field nice and early in the morning. And uh, yeah, we're ready to hit the turf running quite literally, actually. But um, yeah, we're, we're up to four practices a week and we go for just about two months.
0: Do you guys do any captain's practices as well?
1: Absolutely. Yep. And we've been doing like fitness challenges. We've been doing uh just things that both kind of get the team integrated with one another while also, you know, getting our bodies and minds ready for season. So uh, we've kind of been doing a little bit of both, keeping our six hot and going to the field whenever we get the chance.
0: Now, I do have to ask this because you are senior as well, but have you had the chance to sort of What's your impression of the freshmen been like so far and how excited are you for them to be on the team? And like, what do you think the impact they might have on the team this year?
1: Well, we've got five coming in this year and we've all met them. They are absolutely amazing Uh, attitude wise and just commitment wise. uh, Two of them are actually from towns adjacent to mine. So even though I didn't personally get to play them in high school, it was kind of cool to know that they were from that same conference, same uh, division. And they definitely are going to bring a level of competitiveness that I think we need. Um, They're ready to work and I'm ready to work with them. And I can't wait to hit the field with them.
0: So I now want to sort of transition and work, start off from the beginning of your career and sort of work all the way up to where you are today. Uh, So from the research I did on yourself, like you mentioned, you're from North Attleboro, Massachusetts. So talk about growing up there and how did you start playing lacrosse?
1: Uh, well, originally I, so I have two older brothers and I grew up playing baseball actually up until about third grade and it got a little, uh, a little slow for me, I guess I didn't like getting eaten by mosquitoes out in the field all day. And I just had so much energy. So right when about most of the girls switched over to doing softball, I realized I didn't really want to do that anymore. And my older cousin was the one that actually mentioned lacrosse and I'd never heard of it. But as soon as I started playing, you know, my parents signed me up for, we had a Triborough team. So it was me and, uh, it was our town and then two other towns adjacent. And I loved it as soon as I started playing. I knew it was a sport for me. And from there, I played with that Triborough league until high school, actually. I didn't actually play town ball. I went right to high school after that. And it was just, I fell in love with the sport. It was like nothing else. I'd played basketball and soccer growing. I still play basketball and soccer now, actually. But just lacrosse has always been the sport that I look forward to every year. You know, every chance I get, I'm down at the field or, you know, at the wall just getting in some reps. But I really grew up through the sport, I think. And it's it's taught me so much. So I owe a lot to it.
0: Are you still like a big baseball fan though, even though you don't play anymore?
1: Um, not a huge baseball fan. I'll obviously go to the, some of the games, like for you know, our school and cheer on our Um, our friends but i can't say i watch a lot but i will tell you that if you ever were to come over my house if you wear a yankees hat you're not allowed in the door so uh definitely a red Sox family
0: well luckily i'm a huge red Sox fan so you don't have to worry about that Uh, disappointing season though this year um but hopefully uh some big changes are ahead especially what with what what happened a few days ago Mm -hmm. Now growing up, did you like watch a lot of lacrosse? And if so, like who are some of your favorite players and teams that you liked the most?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I started watching probably when I was in middle school and it's always been, again, there wasn't really a pro league back then. They they're still working on it now, but I was huge into the college lacrosse scene and uh, Sam Apuza was definitely somebody that I looked up to in a huge way, just her craftiness and her intensity and, um, it was like if there was ever a game to watch, it was always like her, Kenzie, Kent together, especially that duo. Um, and then outside of BC, because obviously BC is my uh, outside of my own college team. I'm a huge BC fan. Um, but then Megan Whittle uh, on the Maryland team as well. She was a huge inspiration to me and was just one of those like hard headed players that you knew you give her the ball and she was going to put it in the back of the net. So those those three people, I should say, are probably my biggest inspirations.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Have you had the chance to meet Sam Apuzo? Because I know she does camps around here.
1: Not personally, no. I have had the chance to meet, you know, like Charlotte North and stuff like that. We've run clinics with her and she's super sweet. Um, Really just a great person. But Sam Apuzo, unfortunately, not yet. I'll cross it off the bucket list, I guess.
0: Well, I know that they won the national championship or I think they played in the national championship game at Gillette Stadium in 2017. I don't know if you had the chance to see that at all.
1: I didn't. And I wish I had because of like Gillette is quite literally just the town over from me. Um, I honestly think I was away that weekend with my family and I was so mad about it. <laughs> I was like, you're making me go all the way to New Hampshire. I want to go watch the cross." And it was um, I really wish I could have been there, but I know that it's coming back to Gillette Stadium in a couple of years. So hopefully I'll be able to make that one.
0: For sure. For sure. For sure. I remember I was watching, I was on Instagram. I saw one of like uh, highlights of Sam Apuzo where she like broke someone's ankles, like behind the net. I think behind it was, the a yep. yeah. And that was a pretty cool highlight. So um, yeah, definitely would have, I wasn't obviously watched the cross back when you did, but that definitely was a player that I would have lo- loved to watch. Uh, if yep. I did.
1: Just a great attitude too. She was always like willing to, like you can watch it at, at any time. If you see her on the field, off the field, she was just always motivating her teammates and, Honestly, like that's just something that I would love to like, be able to take after because that's just a fantastic outlook to have on both the sport and just leadership in general.
0: Now, you played high school lacrosse for your town in North Attleboro. So talk about your high school lacrosse experience and sort of what you took away from it. And do you have like a favorite high school lacrosse memory that comes to mind when you sort of look back on that period of your life?
1: Uh, Yes. So high school, it was interesting because I used to laugh about it. But the one thing that's been very consistent in my lacrosse career Is inconsistency. Uh, I had three different coaches in high school. Um, I loved them; they were all great. But it was always kind of interesting having to adapt to a different coaching style. And you know, it's kind of it's kind of translated to my college team as well. But um, my teammates were super supportive, and it kind of built me as a player in terms of adaptability. You never knew where you were going to play. You know, one day maybe they wanted me to be a defender, and then another day attacker, and then. I kind of found my little like niche area in the mid, which was uh, definitely something that spoke to me. But um, I just say my high school career, it was nice to be able to play with just a lot of different talent. And even now, just seeing where they ended up, I've been able to kind of like keep in touch with some of my teammates and just seeing how much that they've been able to accomplish, too. It's been a great experience.
0: Now, how did your high school lacrosse experience sort of help prepare you for Framingham State? I assume, like you mentioned, playing with those different coaches and different types of players must have made you sort of adaptable to any situation. And that obviously helps translate in college because as a freshman, especially with your team, it felt like you guys were put in different situations since you had such a large uh, class coming in.
1: I definitely say, yep, like you said, just um, that adaptability, but just mental toughness too. it kind of came down to the point where it was either they're the people that are going to put the work in and they're the people that aren't going to put the work in. And I knew I wanted to be that first group. It was um, just learning how to, you know, throw your cleats on every moment you get, go to the turf, shoot around, you know, ask your friends to go with you, that type of thing. Even though, uh, you know, with the different coaching styles, it was always something different. But I knew that what, what I could control was what I did, the work that I decided to put in. So I think it really was just that commitment level, learning that there isn't going to always be somebody telling you what to do. You need to tell yourself what to do, decide your goals, and, you know, go get them. And that was that was something that I think I kind of realized in that high school element, just realizing that it's on you. You know, you do the work, and hopefully you see it work out in the end.
0: Now, what was your recruiting process like, too, for Birmingham State? And what made you want to go there versus the schools you might have looked at?
1: Uh, well, I looked at a bunch of different schools in the area. I knew I wanted to stay fairly local, you know, not, not nothing too far. Um, but what really actually had me sold was just the team and the atmosphere that they made. Uh, I had my, it was actually the last school I looked at. When I originally was looking at schools, I was like, I don't know about Framingham. And, you know, um, my parents were like, well, you might as well go tour. You might as well go look. And I was like, all right, fine. And I went and I met with the coach on the tour. He was the one that brought me around originally. And the campus is absolutely beautiful. It's smaller, which I liked, but it's very pretty and like not something I was expecting of a state school, but it felt like home as soon as I stepped on. And after the tour, he was like, you know what? You got time. Please come do an overnight in the next month. And so I scheduled one as soon as I got home. And it was just I got there. And of course, you're nervous. But I was there with a couple other recruits. In just seeing how the team interacted with one another, it was like nothing I was used to. You know, they always make a really cheesy pun and say, like, welcome to the family" because Framingham State Rams. But it really did feel like a family when I got there. They were just so close-knit. And that was something that I wanted to be a part of. It wasn't just about lacrosse. It was about the experience I was going to get with that team and those teammates. And I know I made the right choice because – that's really just like the team chemistry we've built here. It's never, there's never somebody on the outside. Or there's never someone on the inside. It's, we're all there together. We, we do everything together, uh, which, you know, for better or worse, sometimes we're around each other a little too much, but it's just really that atmosphere, that team environment. And you see the chemistry on the field too. It's not like it's just, uh, you know, in classes or during social events. It's, you see it translate onto the field. And that is something that I think is really special here.
0: Now, as a freshman, what was like the biggest adjustment you had to make to college lacrosse?
1: I'd say just the pace. Like, obviously, in high school, there's a big division between a lot of the teams. It's, you know, you give it to these two girls and they score. So it's easy to kind of like shut those people down. Whereas college, you're a much smaller fish in a much bigger pond. And it's just that constant go, go, go. It's never, you know, just isolating one or two people. It's kind of, finding how quickly the ball moves from one player to the next. And it's also just bring your, bring your mental game to the next level. It's no longer just about the physicality, the physicality, which is obviously a lot higher. Um, You know, you're going to get bodied, you're going to get bruised and that's just part of the game, but it's the mental aspect of, you know, learning how to play into different teams and how to approach them differently depending on what their strengths and weaknesses are. So, um, honestly, I think just that lacks IQ, but also just the pace of play and how quickly the ball moves. Those were two huge adjustments.
0: Now you play in the Mascat Conference. Uh, what's that like and just the competition that you face each game?
1: Uh, it's definitely uh, an interesting conference. There's a lot of diversity. There's some teams where you go in maybe a little bit more comfortable, and there are some teams that you go in and you're angry right off the bat. You know you came to compete and that you want to play. Uh, So I'd say it's definitely a good mix of both and some of the games it's nicer because you're able to kind of implement some new aspects that maybe you've been working on that week and see how they work out and other games it's you get on that turf and you know it's it's a business trip you get there and you work and I think that those teams I definitely look forward to the games where you work hard no one is coming off of the games where you know you're up by 15 goals and saying wow that was a great game you know, a win's a win, obviously, but I look forward to the games where I want to sweat, I want to compete. And if we come out with a win on those, like, those are the ones where you're really learning and pushing yourself. So um, I think we just definitely have a good mix of talent in the MASCAC. And the teams that show up, show up. And that's just how, how it's been the past couple of years.
0: Uh, who's like your biggest rival? Who would you consider, I guess, your biggest rival? Because really- I, like, I feel like for different sports, it's different teams. It feels like
1: absolutely yeah i've obviously because i play i play soccer and i play basketball here as well so um it's definitely different dependent on the sport but for lacrosse i gotta say westfield state they're a very talented team i'll accredit them that a hundred percent they know how to work as well they're they have a very strong coaching staff and their girls they 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 go there to compete like i said before they show up and it's always a grudge match between us but like, like i said before those are the games i look forward to it's never the easy ones it's the games that are going to push you to play your best lacrosse and hopefully push them to play theirs. And we've seen them the past four years, three years now, um, that I've been here. Uh, we've seen them three of the times in the championship game and a couple of those have been heartbreakers and they know that, and we know that. And, uh, it's definitely been a lesson and a testament to mental toughness. You're going to lose those games sometimes, even though you give it everything you got, We've lost twice now to them within the last minute of the game. And those hurt. They hurt. But that hurt is what pushes you to do better and to, to compete harder the next time. So, um, honestly, it's a great testament to them and their coaching and their players. I love playing them. It's it's something I look forward to every year. I know we circle it on our calendar. Hopefully they circle us on theirs. But um, we'll be seeing them actually a couple times going into this year. Maybe once during the fall and then during the spring it's go time
0: for sure. I feel mm-hmm. like the fall game is probably a little less intense though. I would imagine <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it's, it's definitely- mostly trying to like implement systems. So.
1: Exactly. It's a lot of the fundamentals kind of figuring out your team chemistry, but I know that we'll be going into that game with a uh, bit of a chip on our shoulder, a little bit of uh let's just say we're, we're ready to compete for that game. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be the full thing. Cause we'll be pay- playing about five games that day, but you know we're ready to take it to the Owls. It's always an Owls and Rams grudge match. I can
0: say yeah. that much. Fall is weird because at least fall ball is weird because usually in the spring you're obviously focused on trying to win the game, but in fall you're more focused on like working on mistakes that you can fix up. And that's that's the something I find really strange about lacrosse. It's the one time where like the fall ball isn't really about like obviously you want to win the game, but it's really about like you know developing systems and stuff like that. It's more that's more the focus. Because I For remember sure. someone telling me fall is for the freshmen and spring is for the seniors. And that's sort of like the mentality that a lot of teams have that least from players I've talked to so far.
1: It is. It absolutely is. It's that beginning fall ball season. It's kind of, you know, it's finding your team chemistry. It's finding, you know, letting the freshmen know where they kind of fit in in terms of on field play Um, and just getting that comfortability with one another. Obviously we see each other off the field a ton, but just, you know, seeing where we all play together, the chemistry that's there. And like you said, the spring is for the seniors, because as soon as that spring season comes around, you play every game like it's your last. Um, I know the seniors that graduated a couple years ago, they said the same thing. They said, you know, with with what happened with COVID, you really don't know when it's going to be your last game. You know, things can change just like that. So you have to go into every game with the mentality that, I'm going to give it everything I have because this is my last season and you got to leave it all out on the field. That's how it is.
0: Now, what would you say is like the biggest improvement you've made to your game throughout your time in college?
1: Um, I was always a very uh, hesitant attacker. I'm not going to lie. I think I have, you know, to talk about me specifically, I think I have a very good um, like field vision. I'm normally I've been the assister for the last couple of years, just, finding the open person and, you know, letting my teammates go to work. But my coaches the past couple of years have been huge on, you know, telling me like, you know, you have that ball on your stick, go to goal, find the back of the net because it's not that it's not, I don't have the capability. It's just sometimes it's not what I look for when I get down the field and they're like, you know, you, you've got the speed, you've got the ball on your stick and you've got the, the capability to do it. So I think that the past year or two has just been, you know, Instead of feeding, you just take them, just take them. You've got the size, you've got the speed, go to goal. So those have definitely been the biggest changes that I've had. Um, obviously my freshman year, that hesitation set in because of the the newness to the whole environment, the college game, but now it's become, I should have this. I should have this many goals, should have this many assists. And of course we're not like forcing that. It's not about the stats. It's about the team play, but I go into every game and my coaches are looking at me saying, you need to get out on that field and put the ball in the back of the net. And honestly, I've I've taken that to heart. So I think that's been the biggest change to my game.
0: Yeah, because you mentioned in your high school career that you had to be adaptable in different situations. And one thing I really noticed about your game was how versatile you were because you have very good offensive and defensive stats. And that's a credit to the hard work that you've obviously put in. So how do you work on your versatility, you know, whether it's in the off season or during the season? Cause that's something that really stood out to me while researching uh, you for this podcast.
1: Um, it's definitely, honestly, I would say in a great amount, playing basketball has been a huge benefit to my defensive game. Just knowing how to like stay with your girl, that physicality of it, staying on her hips, making sure that they don't have that chance to turn and shoot um that's honestly just being able to use the skills that I've kind of acquired through other sports and implement those into my game during lacrosse has been a huge benefit to my game um and then honestly another huge aspect of it is just making sure that I'm staying in shape making sure that I've always told the girls that like you know you might not always be the most talented girl on the field but if you're not the hardest worker that's something you can't control um so I think and in terms of my defensive game it's always just been about hard work be there first get down the field before your girl and you know if you do that if you cross off x or if you cross off a b and c x y and z will happen um but in terms of the transition honestly that's what i look forward to i like getting on that field and just run like running <laughs> just showing that i'm going to run faster and i'm going to run harder and i'm going to run longer than anyone else on that field and if someone else is beating me That's not good. I'm not doing my job. So I think in terms of hustle, that's just kind of where I reside. And then on the offensive end, I've had the benefit of working with uh, two other seniors this year who have actually really pushed me to do my best. Um, Rachel Erickson being among them. And then Hannah Guerin, who has really just been an inspiration to me. Um, And she motivates me to do better every day because she is also somebody that just leads by example. She knows what to do. She gets that ball and she goes to go with it. And even though she might not always be the most vocal person, you watch her play and you want to play like her. So I think honestly, just both my teammates and my teammates from other sports have just pushed me to have that versatility.
0: Now, you were second on the team in the stat and we're obviously called the Draw Control Podcast. So I have to ask you, what are some of your circle strategies that you're willing to share i don't want you to give away any secrets to your opponents that might be listening to this but if there's some (laughs) sort of insight you want to share feel free to do that or if you just want to skip this question entirely that totally makes sense
1: no i'm totally okay (laughs) with talking about it honestly a huge thanks goes to um our assistant coach dave planchet he has been a huge help Uh, i came in from high school obviously in high school they kind of just teach you you know just push the ball and get it in your stick or pull the ball and get it in your stick he has broadened my like education level on draws immensely. I feel like he's just kind of been like that guiding hand throughout the entire college process of it. Um, but myself and, you know, Rachel Erickson and this year Molly Lanier have been, we've just been a cohesive unit. Like that was our big uh, phrase that we like to say is when the draw rule the world. So if you have that ball on your stick, If the other team doesn't get a chance to possess it, they're not scoring. If we do, we score. So um, in terms of tactics, uh, Rachel's normally big on the draw. She is. She's um, good at placing it where she wants it to go. And we just kind of have that system, which I can't, I'm not going to talk too much into it, but we have our system of she knows where she's going to put it or, you know, if she doesn't have it. She knows where the other girl's going to put it and she's able to kind of communicate it with us um, through just like different motions and stuff um different like language we kind of use it sounds like a totally different language when you get out there but um she'll be letting us know she kind of guides us and i think for me personally i'm better with the you know in the air game obviously my height plays a a good like factor into that uh, molly she's great she's got the hustle and grit to get on the ground and get those ground balls but all together we are just a very cohesive unit in the center and like in the midfield and. I, hopefully people are scared to go up against us because that's that's kind of what we we try to bring to the table
0: so this past season like you mentioned you lost to Westfield State in the MASCAC championship game uh even though you lost that game what did you take away from your team's performance this past season and how do you hope to build off of it this fall
1: uh it was definitely a tough game for me personally I uh didn't see the field as much as I thought I would just um through some yellow cards that totally my fault but you know I think in terms of what it's brought to our team it's mental toughness 100 it's relentlessness they no matter what you know westfield seemed to throw at us they did not give up it was a fairly tight game up until the end you know we didn't really have the wheels under us and we didn't really have a lot of like you know legs to sub in so i think it was just kind of that mental toughness of like you know these are this is what is being handed to us and we just have to take this and quite literally run with it. We are, we can't always control, you know, what's going on around us, but we, like I said before, we can control what we put in and those girls, they, they work like we work. And that is just kind of our mentality going to everything this season.
0: Uh, what's your team's goals and expectations uh, for this upcoming year?
1: Of course we want the championship. We want the medal. We want the trophy, but we want to see NCAAs. Um, we had the chance to go, not this past year, but the season before that, And it was an amazing opportunity. We got to see a lot of really great competition out there. Um, We're going into this season with the expectation of a championship. And I know that Westfield and, you know, the rest of the Mascac teams are probably expecting the same thing. But I think we've got what it takes this year. We've got the mentality. We've got the physicality. We've got the talent. And we're just going out there to compete.
0: Yeah, I know the the trophy case at Framingham State is getting a little dusty, so I feel like you you need to clean it up a little bit.
1: Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. We've got <laughs> high expectations, that's for sure.
0: So I would now want to transition and do a segment I like to call five questions that have nothing to do with sports. And the goal of the segment is to hopefully get to know you a little bit more off the field. Uh, so the first question I have is, if there was a movie made about your life, uh, who would you want to play yourself?
1: To play me? Oh, goodness. Oh, I need to think on this one, I guess. Who would I want to play myself? Probably. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be hard. Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I've been told that my voice kind of sounds like her sometimes. And honestly, I just love her as an actress. So I'd have to go with Jennifer Lawrence.
0: Now, what's the most underrated holiday and what's the most overrated holiday?
1: Underrated? Hmm. Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving it's just like a great time you know you go you eat good food sometimes you like you see family and stuff um and it's also the same as my birth month so I I I love Thanksgiving overrated I mean like I love Christmas but you got to pay a little respect to other other holidays I guess I think um I shouldn't say it's overrated because I do love it myself but I think we got to owe a little more respect to other holidays too
0: I think Christmas is properly rated. It's clearly the best holiday, so I think <laughs> it deserves all of the attention. It's kind of it like does. LeBron James, like people get mad about all the media attention he gets, but it's deserved cuz he's one of the best basketball players of all time. So that's sort uh, of how I feel about yeah. Christmas.
1: I think a little a little bit of my uh my thinking along that is I don't like when they start advertising for it when it's not even halloween yet but
0: they do it for halloween too like and first day of school they for, first day of school stuff comes out in july which i think is a little ridiculous
1: okay, and then fair. halloween
0: I, I assume if i went to the store now they would have some stuff out for halloween
1: yeah well I'm, i'll get a lot of hate for this but i am a firm believer in uh i can't listen to christmas music until after thanksgiving and a lot of my friends will already start listening to mariah Carey, and i, I have to like i'll be like no i'll turn this car right around like i will not do that yeah i have to- so after Thanksgiving,
0: I would say overrated for me is New Year's um, Eve, just because you're waiting for a clock to turn midnight. And that's kind of boring. Yeah. And then Underrated, I would say is 4th of July. That's a good one. Even though this year it sucked because it rained, but usually yeah, it's it was fun. Not
1: this year. No, New Year's Eve. That was a good one. Honestly, I, I do like that. But I like to see a lot of my friends then. So yeah, gathering around just to watch a ball drop. Not really my biggest, uh, my biggest uh, priority that day.
0: <laughs> no, I'm usually watching football probably. So <laughs> that um, makes sense. Now, what's the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week?
1: I saw something and I looked it up. So it is true. I'm a little heartbroken. I found out the song Year 3000 by, you know, by the Jonas Brothers is not by the Jonas Brothers. It's a cover. And my heart broke a little bit. It's by like some British band. And I just grew up my whole life being like, yeah, they made this banger and (laughs) then found out it was not even theirs. So that one, oh, a little crushed.
0: I'm assuming they did write or were involved in other hit songs that they've made that I really like. Like I love wow. the song Cake by the Ocean, I think it's so catchy and I'm pretty sure one of them probably wrote it. So I, I would imagine. Jonas
1: is that singer, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And then Jealous, that's a good song. Nick Jonas wrote that. Great so song. they do they have good songs they've written so I I won't I'm not going to knock them too much. I'm not writing one <laughs> no. song.
1: No. Still love the Jonas Brothers, but that song was like, mm-hmm. oh part of my childhood i still we've got burning up and sos that are still on the playlist ready
0: to go oh for sure for sure those are two good ones i saw them in concert a few years ago and it was one of the best really? concerts i've seen yeah it was a lot of fun so
1: i'm jealous um,
0: i definitely uh definitely enjoy listening to their music as well mm-hmm. i would say for me uh i've been really obsessed with deon sanders at colorado just seeing all those videos i don't know if you've seen them but i, I just seen think them he's yet. i just think he's so like funny and awesome and <laughs> Like one of the coaches he's playing this week, like said something about their team. And now he said, it's like, it's personal this week. So, and now every time I'm walking around the house, if something happens, I'm like, now it's personal. That and then personal. he gave his like team sunglasses and he keeps saying like, he has these sayings that I keep saying to myself now. Cause I just think he's, I don't know. I see, I, 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 there's something about him that I like. Yeah. Now last or two more non-lacrosse question is what is oh. one item on your bucket list that you hope to accomplish one day?
1: bucket list i mean i would be cliche and say skydiving but honestly i want to go bull riding i want to try to ride a bull one day and i know that's really not a smart idea but like imagine being able to be like yeah i've ridden a bull even if it's for like three seconds just to say i've done it i, I think that'd be pretty neat
0: no no i feel like those things like what? really like i think people get paralyzed sometimes from doing that stuff which i wouldn't want to risk that uh if i'm being if i'm being honest for myself um, Maybe
1: I'll I, wait till
0: I'm, like you know fifty. Yeah, I don't know. I would. I personally would not, not. I'm usually a guy that let's just leave animals alone. I think we bother them too much anyway. Sometimes, so true. I would say for me, probably just travel different spots. I haven't really traveled a lot, so I think that'll be fun to do. Uh, yeah. Probably like um like California or like uh Canada or stuff like that.
1: I've always wanted to go to Iceland. It's absolutely beautiful over there, and I've just like I've seen so many videos and like a lot of movies are filmed over there. Um, but I'd love to go to Iceland one day.
0: Now, which player on the FSU women's lacrosse team has the best off the field style besides yourself, obviously. So who would oh. you put number two? I say, I think that you have the best style on the team just because <laughs> you're on the podcast right now, but uh, who would you say is the best? The
1: I'm, I'm definitely more of a function over fashion girl when it comes to off the field, but if I'm going to be totally honest, Hannah Garen she has amazing style and like every time I go out, I'm like, girl, like, calm down. You're making me look bad, but she's humble about it. She just, she'll blush if you say anything, but she uh, absolutely, I'd go with Hannah Garen.
0: Now let's get back to some of the cross questions now. Uh, what should be done to help grow women's lacrosse from your perspective?
1: Say that one more time. Sorry.
0: Uh, what should be done to help grow women's lacrosse from your perspective?
1: To help grow women's lacrosse, honestly, like I think players like, like just like Charlotte North have been huge to the game obviously she's one of the biggest names in, in women's lacrosse right now and um even still in the pro leagues she's just been absolutely dominating so i think that like just having more of that coverage you know my friends like to say that every time i turn on the bc game they'd be like it's always just the charlotte north show which is totally not true because that team is absolutely jam-packed with talent whether it's jen medjid or you know like a couple years ago like sam Apuzo, um absolutely just a stacked team but Um, having that media coverage on you know college games like that I think is just bringing more like girls into the program and I absolutely love to see it because each year you'll see the talent grow and grow and grow because they're inspired by the generations before them so um, I think honestly that's just been a a huge pull
0: yeah for sure I remember watching BC for the first time because it was my first ever game I watched uh, this past season and obviously Charlotte North wasn't on the team yet but like they had so many talented players that I really liked. And I've had the chance to interview some of them as well. Like Hunter Roman, I thought was such a great defender to watch. And obviously Mallory Hasselbeck's a really fun player to watch. And I feel like those players probably don't get enough recognition that they should. And I feel like hopefully this podcast helps out helps that out a little bit. So
1: absolutely, yeah, no, I, uh, I played against uh, Sydney Scales in high school and that was not a fun experience to say the least. She's a very uh, like dedicated player and she just puts in the work. Um, but that whole fan base as like, they are amazing. Just, we go to a lot of their games because they are, you know, right down the road from us. But, uh, we went to a, a game last year actually, and they love wearing their neon. Uh, and we walked in and it was actually Holly Schleicher's mom just stopped us in our tracks. And we we're she was like, you guys, you know, we had our BC merch on, she goes, you guys need to come with us. And we're like, are we in trouble? Like what just happened? <laughs> she brought us over to where they were tailgating and just like gave us all shirts. She was like, yeah, give them to your friends. Like they're just such a a supportive community. And like that, like that aspect of just being there in that crowd. Like I love seeing their rowdy crowd and like their parents, they get so into it. So um, that's, you know, they're just, it's funny because my, my parents always are saying like, you know, you can't, you can't be a, a college fan. You're in college. And I'm like, yes, you absolutely can, because their team is just absolutely insane. And I, I love seeing them play.
0: So is there any shout outs you want to give uh, to any of your teammates, family members and friends? And uh, who should we have on the podcast next? Because I know you're the first uh, Framingham State women's lacrosse player on the pod, but I don't want you to be the last. So let me know if there's anybody that I should talk to.
1: Yeah, no, I'm definitely humbled to be on. And I want to thank you first and foremost. Um, it was definitely intimidating getting the invite, especially because I've just been keeping up with it. and it's been all these very good uh, D1 players that I've obviously looked up to and um, like I'm inspired by. So um, just like having to follow up after, you know, Summer Augustino and and Ryan Smith, it's definitely a lot, Uh, but I'm happy to be, you know, like you said, first D3 player. And I hope that it kind of brings a little more uh, popularity to the D3 level because even though we aren't z one no, but it's definitely still a highly competitive league. And, um, you know, there are a lot of people that come out of here and, their talent is just completely amazing. Whether it's you know, I i feel like uh Molly the Liberty has bl- brought a lot of like kind of like advertisement to the D3 level because she played at Tufts for a while and, and now seeing her take the NCAA trophy this year with Northwestern was insane. Uh, I actually played in a summer league with her for the past two years, but um honestly I'd like to give a shout out to I have two uh two girls that I'm friends with. They're actually twins. They play at Bentley it's Betsy and Christine Norco. And if you want to interview them next, I highly recommend it because those are two girls that know how to put the work in, know how to hustle. And honestly, they deserve all the praise in the world.
0: Well, I just want to say, Regan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. It means a lot to myself. And um, yeah, I'm excited to hopefully interview more players uh, from Division Three, especially Mask Hack as well, since uh, I think there's a lot of talent in that conference. So I just want to say thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I think you're a great player and a better person. And uh, hopefully um, we get the chance to have you on again.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Matt. This is awesome.